Once upon a time, a man put a sock large over his teapot. What was fascinating about the spout was that after years of abuse, it still pointed east of Calcutta. Weekly arrivals of socks meant that there was sufficient for Rakesh to slip one over on his best friend's overbearing. But Ragdeep simply couldn't allow that to impinge upon Nita's other pressing matter involving a complex yet deceptively simple solution for Rakesh's pimple problem. Rakesh squeezed hard on the thoughts of Nita's extraordinarily large appetite for all of his shaslik. Kimanan, joked Ragdeep, gently crushing all hope of a vegan bread. Over by the lockdown inn, the smell of burning chicken shaslik confused the chef. He was a she, something his wife was extremely upset about at first. But in the few weeks leading to the ceremony, he impressed her with tales of rice paddy shenanigans, an Irish wholesaler known only as Pacho the Macho, a mustachioid genius of hospitality but nightmarishly inappropriate during Christmas pantomimes, and worse. Still, after Widow Twanky had walked in on stilts, Ragdeep could scarcely have believed how enormous her overdraft was. Suddenly, Twanky threw two tantrums, the first wobbly and quick, and the second... Far, 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 Farouk the Stutterer loved Roxy music. Jealous she was. Avalon he loved. More than this, love. Three ways, duck, three ways. Behind you, Twanky. Oh no, he muttered, as the front row crowd of spectators got wet. The dampness spread from top to woolly leggings as dank smells rose, and lavender petals, daughters of Mr. Bojangles, watched wide-eyed and slightly moist, yet throbbingly entranced by the spectacular failure of the rubber gasket, which, having held up during the cold, perished without warning, creating the most loud banging and yet supremely soothing whistle. Meanwhile, Ragdeep, Nita and Rakesh were banging and getting quite sore. The blisters, on first inspection, appeared on top of Ragdeep's previous love scars. Nita exclaimed loudly that she'd never experienced such a sensation, so itchy since that summer when Rakesh accidentally forgot to mention that he had a poor memory, a third nipple, and a penchant for not showering. This was on the understanding that the third nipple was not pierced, tweaked, or even tattooed with small pricks and ink, but years of neglect meant the chapped area had fallen off and withered away. Not you again! Thought you'd remembered. Rule of three! People like you, easy for you, said Rakesh timidly as Surendra's wrath impinged the biryani, soured the raita, bittered the parata, collapsed the poppadoms, and... Heresy! 
cried Shirley from the stalls. She is one hell of a lemon squeezer. What a geezer! Shirley finished her interval ice cream, brushed her hair, found a pear, itched her rash, applied some savlon, and sucked on the juicy pear. Where's the pear? she exclaimed, volunteering herself for tomorrow's extraordinarily general meeting of two minds. Someone ban Zack. Oh, please, no, exclaimed Zack, as he was banned. Three words only, exclaimed Zack, who seemed incapable of comprehending the rules. Back in theatre, social distancing hampered performances of pieces written by the late Archbishop of Bath and Wells, who died during the last communion, which lasted only for six years. Face masks were rife on Spanish flu carriers. Vaccination had not succeeded, but it brainwashed the populace into thinking the only way out from disease was to stare at goats with David Pike and Piers Corbin. Let's add Mick, Century of Masks, was the title of a new inspiring yet informative weekly podcast by Injun Bracket. Rakesh tuned in as he drove his tuk-tuk down to the Bay City Rollers concert. Tartan trousers flared. Long hair, coiffured, and a wedgie given to him by Thugvash, the errant Tandor chef. A curry stain, matching his clans on humanity, said, Too many cooks spoil the mulligatory. Thesaurus, please? Dave Mull of Kintyre was a popular, not so popular, wine-based winter drink, spiced with promise of spice, sugar, scary, and ginger. No other beverage could quench thirst like Sporty Posh's golden juice of life. But this isn't without its snags. For example, muttered Rakesh, production of all juices, purees, masalas and doses can be pretty messy. Although on the ISS, lack of gravity in the Tandor makes Jack a little puzzled when facing with the floating onion bargee situation. Nevertheless, once I ate, one entered the Russian compartment via the backdoor bargees and Borscht never went back again. They'd had enough barges to last 5,265 orbits of the outer rim. Suddenly, the enormous Indian docking probe presented itself, poised to thrust into the broken yet overwhelmingly accommodating receptacle. Remarkably robust, yet smelling of vodka and tonic with a slice of Russian potato dauphinoise creamy, yet vegan and halal-friendly, unlike some potato dishes, which are aloo-destined. Shirley decided to enter the airlock with a mouthful, but nearly vomited. Fortunately, her helmet saved her blushes, but didn't save the sarg in her vigorously abused spinach and potato. What a sight reader she was, with an amazing, yet commonplace inn. And during re-entry, troposphere was light and fluffy, bumpy, yet pleasantly soft mills and boob had nothing on the filth that Philip Green would eat during lunch on a Wednesday in Topshop ladies' undergarments. He was with Kate Moss, who also wore her grandmother's bloomers as a scarf and a lace from an old lady's flesh section. Philip admired the way Kate would parade her gorgeous left earlobe at Piccadilly Circus whilst the right honourable member for the consistency of Kingston and Surbiton sucked her toes. Kate's toes were faithful constituents, voting for Brexit and Trump and anything populist or vaguely towing the line. 
Desert Creatures Humps was a policy of Michael Gove and his dove, enjoying their rove, expressing their love. Unable to move because the clove, oil didn't help, nor did kelp. Gove went yelp like a whelp, masticating the kelp, swimming with felp, sliding on scalp, trying to help massaging his mate whose buttocks were a state, and to be clear, really not great. Sometime later, Rakesh, with whom Nairi did bait, called upon the Central Committee. Comrades barked like rabid hyenas. Pig dogs! They belched upside the kebab, a bourgeois import like a baobab, and Nita's bibimbab. Adjudicator, please, Tim, was the title of Dame Barbara Babs of Bengal Windsor's latest pair of tartan socks, a present from Robert the Spruce. Why, her socks we really wanted, but the design made no sense of Babs' impressive one-night stand-up comedy routine. All the other socks owned by the Trouser Snake, another Babs bestseller, 10.99 on hardback. She preferred bareback, £3.99 on bareback. Babs isn't fussy when it comes to Trouser Snakes or Duracell bunnies. Rakesh chose wisely. He chose Babs, this riled Surendra. No more free socks, she decided as she laddered her tights that had got caught on Billy Colony's latest edition of Socks Monthly that had three pages. She would go to the haberdashery drive-through immediately after coitus.